Hi out there. I'm Pat Polly, and I want to welcome you to my show, Artbeat Northwest. Each week, we invite people from the visual arts or the performing arts to talk with us. And this week, Laura Walton Allen is with us. Now, Laura is a visual artist, a writer, an instructor, and podcaster, and quilt. You name it, she's done every kind of art there is. Anyway, she lives in Seattle, and she attended university at Stetson University in Florida and University of North Texas, majoring in visual art. And though she works primarily in paint, collage, and assemblage, she has worked in mediums as diverse as welded steel, installation, theatrical design, and others. Laura is also an actively publishing writer, poet, instructor, and arts advocate. Her poetry and other writing has appeared in numerous journals, and she recently won the Poetry Award in an Auburn uh, open mic contest. So congratulations, Laura. Thank you. Uh, Her studio is in Seattle's Inscape Arts Building, and she lives uh, in her home in West Seattle, with her husband and assorted uh, beasties. Yes. (laughs) We'll have to talk about your beasties. Absolutely. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great. Now, however, before we get started, I want to talk about some books about art and craft that have been recently published. And I'll probably talk to Laura a little bit about arts later because she also reviews books. And I read online that she's reviewed actually over 650 books for Goodreads. <laughs> so she probably knows them all. But anyway, these these are fairly recent, and I i don't know. She might have read these, or I don't know. You'll have to pitch in if you have. One of them is called Leonardo da Vinci. It's a new book by Walter Isaacson, published in October of 2017. You know, it's really easy to read, but it looks like a tome. It looks like, oh, my God, I'll never get through this. But you can actually read it in, you know, one guy said a day, but I know it's going to take me a little longer. I'm kind of in the middle. But it's an account of what made da Vinci a genius and how he expresses that in his creative work. And it's it's very well written, very interesting. And, you know, it's very straight language. So, you know, it doesn't get signed. You know what I mean? That's what makes it easy to read. And then there are a couple other books for artists that were just recently published. Um... There's uh, Master Your Craft, Strategies for Designers, uh, Making and Selling Artisan Work. And this is by Tian Chu. And she is a wonderful weaver. And she has woven her own wedding dress. And she has her designs on the front of textile magazines. And she is really a master. But uh, she wants to help new people really achieve mastery in their art by designing carefully making, and even selling. And then Studio Craft as a Career is another book that was just out in December of 2016, and this is by Paul Stankard, and it's based on his theory of self-directed learning. He took a lot of courses that didn't help him, but he figured out how to learn a lot of things on his own. And then he also has interviews in there with 50 really top artists talking about how they learned about their art, and artists should really read this no matter what their medium. That's Studio Craft as a Career by Paul Stangard. So these are three new books that, well, um, Laura, I think you might need to review. 
<laughs> that sounds great. They all sound wonderful, and I haven't read any of them. So, okay, well, you know, she she probably will read all these in one day <laughs> because she is so good at that. We'll be right back talking with Laura Walton Allen about her many adventures in art on Art Beat Northwest. Don't miss the wonderful exhibits at the Bellevue Arts Museum this fall. The Bellevue Arts Museum is the Pacific Northwest Center for Art, Craft, and Design in downtown Bellevue. On Now is Searching for Home, a solo exhibit by Humera Abid. Abid offers a passionate and intimate look at the humanitarian consequences of the worldwide refugee crisis through meticulously crafted wood, sculptures, and miniature painting on until March of 2018. Opening November 10th is Making Our Mark. Over 250 teaching artists from the Pratt Fine Arts Center present an ambitious show celebrating Pratt's 40th anniversary on until March of 2018. Hope to see you soon at the Bellevue Arts Museum. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Art Beat Northwest. We're here talking with Laura Walton Allen about her art and about her creativity. And so i got to ask you, how do you explain the kinds of art that you create? I mean, all kinds, but, you know, what's... What coherence do they have? <laughs> well, um, I try not to have to explain them anymore. <laughs> in a coherent. Well, um, in some ways, it's taken a long time. The first, I guess I've been doing this for several several decades now. I'm 43, 44, something like that. And over time, um, things, uh, th- certain threads have started to develop. There are certain certain threads through my visual art and through my writing and the different thing that I, that I think cohe- make them coherent. Um, but sometimes it's really hard at, at the time to tell what how this collage series is going to play into the series of sonnets, how this is going to play into it's um, it's not always obvious at the time. It, it takes time, I think, for people who um, who have multiple mediums for it to all come together. So you do have certain themes or thoughts that you kind of get across in all of your things or well the way I the way I kind of see art especially for me the way the way I make art is art is sort of a byproduct for me it's it's something I do it's something I've always done I've always made things and since as a person I have certain certain predilections you know there are certain things that I think about uh for instance um the, the theme, women's themes come through in my art quite a lot. Uh, the theme of feminism and women's rights and women's experience in the world. And I think that tends to come through in both my writing and in some of my art. I'm not particularly biographical in my art like some people are. You know, there's either confessional type poetry or art that's extremely graphically representational of something. Uh-huh. I, I lean more toward abstraction. But I think for, for diverse artists, and there are quite a few artists who, who do many mediums, I think if you take a step back and you look at it, the, the it's that person, that person's uh, personality, that person's experiences, that individual is expressed in everything that they do, and it will cohere eventually. <laughs> eventually. But you do say your art is also process-driven, yes. and yes. that process is your priority. What do you mean by that? Well, I tend to... The, the act of mastering a medium, the act of using something, the act of... Um, 
of diving into a texture or a color or a particular shape. Um, I tend to like geometrical geometrical shapes, and when I abstract, I tend to go to the uh, just the act of mastering that is inspiring to me in and of itself. I don't always necessarily need an outside uh, inspiration. Like I don't need to see a beautiful sunset or I don't need to see all that sort of inside me already. Anyway, I have those experiences and, and they, they do their thing, but it's the act of the sentence sounds so good this way. It's the act of the actual medium itself, the paint or the graphite or the charcoal going on the paper in this way. And then the, the beauty of it, just the beauty of the, but medium. don't you find that you when you're in creation, mm-hmm. then more ideas come through? Absolutely. I mean. Absolutely. So the medium, the medium is the message. You heard that. Yes. <laughs> so it probably applies to you. Absolutely. And of course, it's going to your, your your mindset and the things that you think about and the things that are important to you are going to be translated too. But in the doing, which is to me the important part, I think that's why I say I'm process driven. It's because once I'm finished with a piece, I could take it or leave it. I don't care about it anymore. Oh, <laughs> it's no. the doing. It's the doing and the, the baking it that the one step leads to the next step leads to the next step in a painting or in a series that is so compelling to me. So, so do you find yourself some staying up over all night some nights working on I sneak, I sneak, I have little notebooks stashed around in the bathroom and around so that I can sneak out of bed and go scribble down notes or scribble down notes. Uh, we'll have one of my cats, one of the, the beasties. Will uh, She loves it. She'll, she's the night cat and she follows me around and uh, make sure that I uh, stay, you know, kind of stay on track. And yeah. Well, they say, you know, cre- creativity comes tiptoeing in when you're working on something creative. <laughs> Do you think that's true? Yes, it is. The, you kind of you do have to show up. It's it's, it, I mean it, it's fun. It's creative people. I don't think we have much of a choice about it. We that's what that's kind of what we do. But um, you do have to show up. There's there's a, a certain amount whether you're writing or whether you're and this has been my, my experience with students and with myself. Uh, there's a certain amount of you know butt in the chair you know that you have to do and you have to you have to get yourself there. And if you just keep showing up, eventually good things will happen. So, so. What besides that keeps you going in the arts? It sounds like you really just have this inner drive. <laughs> to me, art is um, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of a true believer. Okay, I'm, <laughs> as far as creativity and art, I I am a true believer. I believe that art does save lives. Um, I believe art is one of the most important art and creativity and the connections that you make with that, the connections you make with yourself and with your world, can really and truly make or break a life. Uh, individual life or the life of the community. Um, myself, like many creatives I know, um, you know, we've we've I've had my my issues. You know, I've had my diagnoses, gone through the therapy, and all these things. And while all of that is is helpful at, at certain points, for me, it's art that got me through. Uh, it's art that pretty much saved my life. I it, not so much the self-expression, because like I said, I'm not terribly biographical with my work. I'm more biographical right now <laughs> than I ever am <laughs> in my work. But um, it, just the act of creating, I want to make things. I feel like I have, I feel like that's my job on on this on this earth really is to make things. And so any of the things that prevented me from making anything, I had to just cut out of my life. <laughs> you know, that's kind of my, it becomes a touchstone. Am I working to my full potential? Am I able to make as many things as I would like, the ideas that I have, can I put them into, can I make a, make them happen in reality? And um, you learn over time that there's certain things that 
you know, like certain people or certain activities or habits or, you know, bad lifestyle choices that if you keep making them, you can't make your art. <laughs> you can't make as much art as you'd like. So you cut those out and art really becomes sort of a guide, guide stone for me. So I, I know great. it keeps your brain healthy, too. Exactly. <laughs> I know it's, it sounds really, really esoteric. Like I'm talking about almost like a religion. It's not I wouldn't say it's a religion, but it is it is very um, it's very important to me. And you should see some of her art pieces, the ones that I am really impressed with. She has a lot of um, really abstract art, which is very nice. But she has uh, these creations that she does with kind of human heads and part of their bodies on horses that somehow to me and the colors and the everything in that is very compelling. I think it's very psychological, too, but I'm not sure how. <laughs> you probably get people analyzing them all the time, yeah. you know, but you have a whole series of those. Right. It's really amazing. And then she has a, a wonderful book of her paintings and her poetry. Now, and that just came out this year. How did you go about doing that and getting that published? And it's called Quiet Year. Uh, why don't you talk about how that came about? Well, uh, the quiet year, uh, there's there's kind of several converging factors that happened uh, to result in the quiet year. I uh, the the series of collages that you're you're talking about, the centaurs, actually started. They were rooted in a Hilda Doolittle poem called "Cities," and that and the idea. Some of the things we were going through politically as a nation and as a, you know, the kind of the cities. I've I've lived in rural areas. I lived in cities back and forth my whole life, and so there's this strange tension between cities and and um and this Hilda Doolittle poem kind of came to me and I started making these collages there's something about the human versus the animal versus you know the sort of it, I, I, I don't want to necessarily explain them because I think there's more there than even I can explain but um uh that's how those came and then I also had a few poems that came out of this too that were along the same lines so was it about the paintings was it like a Ekphrastic. They weren't straight ekphrastics, no, but they were in the same vein. As I was saying, when you're when you're actively making both poetry and paintings, and you're thinking about you know the, your time that's not in the studio, you're spent listening to politics, you're reading feminist books, you're reading you know. So of course, what's going to come out, what goes in, is kind of what comes out. So that's what you know. So this all kind of came about uh, that way, and I decided um, at at the time I was considering starting. Um, a press, a small press of my own. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with it, but I knew I wanted one. So uh, we started Two Ponies Press, and I decided to experiment on my own chapbook. And uh, so I gathered a few poems together. Some of them... What's a chapbook? A chapbook is just a short uh, collection of poetry, usually no more than 40 pages. Okay. It's just a miniature book. I just wanted to clarify that. Okay, go ahead. And... um, so I gathered a few poems and decided I, well, I'll put some of that. This art is, you know, all this goes together, and I think it makes a nice collection. And so I self-published it. And, uh, well, I published it through Two Ponies Press. So basically— Yeah, you, you get I, away from the term self-publish when you have your own press, <laughs> okay. which is cool. <laughs> it was my first—it was my first book. and I'm For really, your publishing company. Yes, for, <laughs> for my publishing company, right. And I'm I'm glad I did it. I've, I know many people who have self-published books and who have— done both who have self-published and the traditional published both and it's a different experience it's a it's a good experience and also you know there's downsides but I learned a lot about publishing a book that I didn't know before and that I would there's things I would do differently and things I would do the same 
So, um, are, are, so you're planning more books in the future? I think so. I'm actually, I may not do one this year. Right now, I'm I'm concentrating on producing the podcast. Two Ponies Press, its main production right now is my podcast, Original Lines. Oh, so let's let's talk about that. Okay. Original Lines, her podcast, and I've listened to several of these, and she she interviews artists, and they are just some of those artists are such a gas that you talk <laughs> you they talk are. to. Uh, how did you get started with that? Well, uh, just kind of had the idea uh, that I wanted to talk. I, I I love listening to artists tell their stories. I mean, you you probably know exactly. I do too. <laughs> Here we are. You hear so many when you're in this business, when, you, when you're either teaching or whether you're talking to artists, you hear these fascinating stories that people, everybody has this awesome story. And I thought that other people might like to hear that. So um, so I just decided to start talking to, to artists. And uh, we're on, I'm going to be recording the ninth episode this weekend. And uh, so we're, we're doing, doing good. Almost a year. Almost a year. Nine mm-hmm. episodes. Good, yeah. good deal. And they're usually like about an hour. Yeah, between, 45 minutes. Between, we try to stay between 30 and 45 minutes, but sometimes, you know. We, yeah, you know, <laughs> we go it, time goes so fast, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> it really does. But talking about time, mm-hmm. it's already time for a break. Ah. We're here talking with Laura Walton Allen about her art of many kinds on Artbeat Northwest. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Transform the winter blahs into the winter ahs with some creative inspiration at the Kirkland Art Center. Winter is the perfect time to learn a new art skill from ceramics, painting, printmaking, drawing, Photoshop, collage, and more. You can learn from professional art instructors at the East Side's number one arts learning community in Kirkland. Register now for winter classes starting in January. At KAC, we believe in the power of the arts to transform and inspire. Learn more and register online at kirklandartcenter.org. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Art Bean Northwest. We're here talking with Laura Walton Allen about her art and her creativity. And uh, let's talk a little bit about your poetry. Now, uh, you not only won the prize at the Auburn, uh, what was it, the Auburn Arts? Auburn Literary Fest, open mic. Oh, okay. But you have been uh, reading your poetry around town. Where do people, I mean, here's another art that, you know, I'd love to get, Mm -hmm. I've only been to one poetry reading and I loved it. Mm -hmm. But uh, where do you read around Seattle? Um, There are, there are any, you can't even throw a rock in Seattle and hit. Oh, really? (laughs) One of the reasons we we moved to Seattle because it is so, uh, it is so rich in, in cultural, Everything. Um, actually, Seattle was named one of the UNESCO City of Literature starting last year, as a matter of fact. I, be- I believe we were named. So, um, Oh, that's, I didn't know that. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's fabulous. Um, some of the places that I like to read, uh, CMP Coffee in West Seattle. Uh, they do uh, several series. One of them is Words West Literary Series. It happens uh, once a month on Wednesdays. I think it's second Wednesday. Um, Hugo House has a... Uh, Oh, I've uh, heard of those. Mm-hmm. Hugo House. Yeah, they have several uh, different readings, but one of them is the Works in Progress series. Um, I just recently read at uh, the Vermilion Art Bar for a new series that started in Seattle called At the Inkwell, and uh, that was really good. Um, we had a full house. It was a, a really Vermilion is a great venue anyway, so um, that was that was really good. But well, that sounds like a great idea. It's it's a, an art gallery plus a bar, right? And mm-hmm. they I think they have some food too. I think they do. I think yeah. they serve. Yeah. I mean, doesn't that sound like a 
comfy, good environment mm-hmm. to spout some poetry or right. listen to some poetry. Right. So, so it re- must have a really great ambiance. I see it that way anyway. Is that right? Oh, yeah, it does. It's, it's really good. So, uh, so you're doing your poetry. Now, um, you have a new program with your art. Now, I know uh, Ryan James. He has a wonderful gallery there in Kirkland. And he has a new kind of thing that artists are doing there. And you're one of the people involved in that. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, I'm not sure if I'm the the most knowledgeable spokesperson for this, but I will tell you what I know. Um, I am a member of his subscription art uh, service. And uh, whether you're a commercial, you know, you have a commercial building or whatever, or if you're just a resident, if you're residential, you can go into Ryan James and uh, look through his all his different artists, and you can actually lease art. You can pay a certain amount of money a month and then rotate the art. You can try out a piece of art for a month or two months or three months, and then if you're finished living with that one, you can go back and you can get a different one from a different artist even. And then if you decide that you fall in love with one of the pieces and you want to buy it, then a certain percentage of the, the lease price that you've been paying can be put toward the purchase price. So it's kind of a way to get to know art and have it, see what it looks like in your house and live with it for a little while before purchasing. I think it's a really good way for new collectors or people who aren't, you know, who aren't sure what to do about collecting. You know, you could just kind of live with a piece first for a little while before you decide. And then commercial people, they can have, you know, their employees and everything vote on which one they like exactly. the best, you know? Exactly. So everybody has, you know, doesn't complain about, oh, this piece of art, who picked this out, <laughs> you know? So they have a little bit of a, a stake in it. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I want to uh, tell everyone about Laura is that she has come here from Texas, and she's maybe she just want me to, That's to okay. tell this, but she's only been here three years, and my goodness, she has immersed herself in the <laughs> art community. Uh, and of course, she has a studio in Inscape Arts. And um, what's the advantage of having a studio there? What have you gained from having your studio there? I think it's a wonderful place. I think there's like, what, 50 artists or something? Uh, I think it's closer to 120 or so. There's, oh, really? Yeah, there's oh. five floors. When they turn that and, into, uh, yeah. And it's right in middle of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's right there in Soto. It's right um, right a, dear, near the uh, stadium and uh, International District. It's just right there. So, yeah. so what's good about having... Um, the, a studio there. The best thing is being in the same place with so many other fabulous artists. Now, a lot of times we don't see each other much because we go in and we go to work, we shut our doors. You know, um, but just just being in an environment like that where you can shoot out an email and say, hey, can anybody, does anybody have a, this tool I can borrow? Or um, knowing that next door to you is, you know, this this fabulous painter, It's it's really inspiring. And uh, we do open studios at least twice a year. Sometimes we do them more often. But the open studios are, uh, uh, we get anywhere from three to 5,000 people through. Oh, wow. So yeah. when's your next open studio? I want to go. <laughs> I know. They're, they're fantastic. We haven't set the date yet, but it should be in April or May for the next uh-huh. one. We just had one in December, and April or May will be the, the, the next one, I'm, I'm almost certain. Just check out it, uh, InscapeArts.org uh, to, to check that out. But yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. And then now... As if Laura doesn't do every other kind of art, she's now into quilting, <laughs> which is wonderful. I don't know if you uh, you all have seen uh, conti- there's so many wonderful contemporary art quilters around, but Laura's one of them, and uh, she has 
a piece in a, a wonderful quilt exhibition that opens this Thursday. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Uh, sure. Um, I would I would qualify <laughs> that I'm not a fan, fabulous quilter. I I um, started this. Uh, I, I've got a project underway. It's a, kind of a large project, and it's going to be it's going to end up having multiple mediums in, in under one umbrella. And uh, the project is centered around the poetry of Gertrude Stein. I'm a huge. So eventually, you'll have a big exhibit. Yes, absolutely. This. And I'll be looking. So you're for a building. Home. Yes. Uh, there's an artist book that I'm that I'm almost finished with, and then there's this t- textile piece, and I've got some other textile piece planned, textile pieces planned, but uh, I had to learn quite a few different new things to make this textile piece happen because this was my first large scale. I haven't sewn since high school, and being from Texas, oh, I can't believe that and she's got this original, huge. Piece. How big is that? It's piece? twelve feet long. <laughs> <laughs> my it's, goodness, it's, Lordy, you are you are dedicated. It was a, it was, and it's got all these really small pieces. And they're very precise and geometric, mm-hmm. and that must that takes uh, planning, mm-hmm. precision, uh, craft, uh, very you know a strong um, uh, knowledge of the way things should be, and uh, yeah, yeah. I had those those definitely. I sketched those out really meticulously and carefully first, and then. Had to make sure, and I even I made a mistake or two and had to rip seams. It's been a long time since so I had to rip a seam, but I don't know. <laughs> rip. That's no fun. <laughs> no, it wasn't fun at all, but um, but it, I like how it turned out. But um, the show itself is High in Fiber is the name of it. and June, High in Fiber. Yes, and June Sekiguchi for Era Living. Uh, it, it opens, it's going to open at Ida Culver House on Broadview, and I believe, I, actually I know the opening is this Thursday from 3.30 to 5.30. And then the show itself will be up through May 12th. So I think stop by anytime during kind of open hours and you can see so the bi- show. Kind of business hours. Yeah, yeah, business hours. They um, The show itself is it's quilts, but it's also other textile art. There's some fabulous pieces in there. I saw as I was dropping off that uh, I was I was like, oh, I've got to, I can't wait to see the whole show. <laughs> yeah, it should be wonderful. The Ida Culver House, high in fiber through May 12th. So it is almost time to close here we are running out of time but thank you so much laura for talking with us thank you very much this has been great yeah and now how do we find more online about your art your poetry your blog your classes your books your quilts what else <laughs> that should do it let's, your let's beasties just, yes the beasties <laughs> there's probably a picture or two of them um uh, you can visit my website at www.laurawaltonallen.com um, and that's my personal art and, and writing. And then, or you can visit uh, twoponiespress.com. And through that site, you can find uh, Original Lines, the podcast. And there's some really great interviews on there. So, you know, there are. And my husband, even just, he's really not into art like I am, but he was laughing at some <laughs> of the, They were very, very well done interviews. Be sure to listen online to some of those. So much online. And be sure to listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. drive time for Art Beat Northwest for news and views on the local art scene. I'm Pat Polly signing off on Alternative Talk 1150. Have a great creative week.